0: We still sabotage a lot of things in our lives and could be a lot further along had we had the confidence to accept that we're worthy of whatever great things are coming into our lives.
1: Welcome
2: back, everyone, to the Wildfire Podcast. This your boy, J.D. Latt. And I am Melvin Charles-Akens. What's up? Hello. Heidi. I mean, howdy. And we are the Pips. What does that even mean? The pips. I don't know. But I I love Gladys Knight, so I'd be honored to be a pip. But. I don't understand what that has to do in the context of the podcast, that we are the pips. Because Gladys was on, has been on my heart all day.
1: <laughs> this is the Wildfire podcast. Episode three already. Episode three. I can't believe it. We've had our first fire feature. Yes, yes. And we got to get back to our fire feature. I enjoyed it though. We had a really, we had some really good conversation.
2: Yeah. Especially when she talked about her student who was uh, misusing the word beneficial. (laughs) And she meant, what does she mean? Let's just listen to it. Let's just get back into the interview. Let's just listen to it. So, do you hear, you hear probably like all the disrespectful stuff. Yes. That uh, students say to teachers and counselors. What's the best thing you've heard? Like, (laughs) best
1: meaning the rudest rudest
2: yeah what's the best thing you've heard a student say tell them the story about the, the student that was using the word incorrectly because <laughs> <laughs> I still I love that story that's one of my favorites
0: so when I first started at the school that I'm at now I had this little girl um, when she was in the ninth grade and so she came into my office to tell me about an issue that she had been having with this girl that they used to be friends with and um, she just proceeded to tell me how, like, she ain't this, she ain't that, blah, 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 blah. And so we finally get down to the meat of it. I was like, so, I mean, like, what are you gonna do? Are y'all gonna mend your friendship? Do you wanna do a mediation? She was like, no, I ain't trying to do a mediation. She's beneficial. I was like, huh? Run it again? And she was like, she's so beneficial to me. Like, I don't, I don't see the point in trying to, she's beneficial. And she meant that thing so hard. And I kept sitting there. I was like, baby, do you mean irrelevant? <laughs> and she was like, she beneficial. I was like, okay. And she beneficial, I guess. Yeah. Okay. so
2: you cannot separate from her. No. You, you need her to run. She benefits. <laughs> beneficial. Beneficial. <laughs> she's beneficial. That is so good. I love so her, good. and she's so
0: extra.
2: That's so good. She beneficial.
0: She meant that thing. Like, she beneficial. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm going to ask this question. What is the worst thing that you've ever said or did to a teacher or educator while you were in school? Or were you a good girl? No, nah, look at this. Right? <laughs> you ain't never say nothing smart. You ain't never go oh, off. No. You ain't... I
0: booked back. The majority of the time, I was a good girl because Deborah Lazars are crazy and they would have knocked my head off my body in front of my classmates. I
2: believe that. Yes, I still tested the waters. Melvin and Janelle were crazy too, but I still
0: no, I won't test them in waters. My mama, Jesus, she's bad. Um, but let me think. Actually, the one and only time I ever, <laughs> I ever had ISS.
1: You had ISS <laughs> only once. Yes. I was suspended I because I wanted, to
0: be, I wanted to be in the marching band and I wanted to be on SGA and I couldn't do that if I had multiple suspensions. So that was kind of what kept me also in check aside from the fact that my parents were crazy.
2: Middle school, I was always suspended. I was always in trouble in middle school. Now, high school, I just became a perfect angel. And I don't know what happened and something just clicked. But middle school, I went through a phase. Middle school was, was a bad time for me. <laughs> I just didn't mind, and like I TV. was just—I was really ugly. <laughs> I think everybody's really <laughs> right, so in High school was time like, <laughs> acne defeated me. It Actually, defeated acne
1: me. hit it, hit hit it. Acne hit me later in life, like nineteen like 20, now 18, 19, 20. No, I, don't I was
0: twenty five when I had. Yeah, it. see, it, I don't know why it was bad because yeah, I wasn't
2: gonna say nothing. But your pores looking a little, little rough, <laughs> rough right <laughs> now. I'm
0: just kidding.
2: <laughs> See how, see how you do. He talked about my hairline. <laughs> oh, last, of, last oh, friends. that's what this is about. <laughs> Venus is mine, for
0: boy. Have you been holding was, that grudge since last year? But it's mine today.
2: <laughs> um, oh yeah, so, what's, <laughs> how did you get ISS friend?
0: Um, my teacher was out, out of school that day. They don't even count. We had a substitute. We were going back and forth, like real hard in the classroom. and they, You in the sub? Yeah, me in the sub. Going hard. Oh. And it was it was like four of my friends who were all in the band. All of us got escorted to the king. All at the same time. The zone. king? <laughs> uh, a Take me to the king. Yes, John was bad. And I had this other teacher. Oh, I feel so bad. I was so disrespectful to him. He was this African guy. I had ninth grade when I took physical science. And he just, he had no classroom management. No control. So we did whatever we wanted to do. Oh. I got up and left out of the classroom when I felt like oh, it. No. I came back. We used to mock his accent. No. So mean. He used to be like, I do not believe my eyes, nor <laughs> my ears. <laughs> and we used to do a back to... him. <laughs> That's the one class I cut up a whole full in. But after that, I got my life together. <laughs> do not believe my eyes <laughs> yes. Nor my ears. Is that when y'all was like acting up? Oh, yes. <laughs> and then we say it back.
2: It'd be bad. Y'all was savage. I love it. Did I can only call, imagine that does. Did you call him like any names or anything?
0: No, because he could tell I was one of the ones who really want about that life, but I just happened to be molded, melted into a classroom full of the ratchets. <laughs> and so I knew he was gonna call my mama. So I didn't. I mean, I played, but I ain't played that much. You know, I I, know. I tried to let it fly below the rainbow.
1: I think that was me. I was more sneaky with mine. Like, yeah, I would, I'd be the one laughing if something go down. Like, I'd be the one laughing. And like, you know, I used to skip school yesterday. all the time.
0: Like that was my thing. Lynn. See, but the, th- the thing is, the children know how to skip. Y'all <laughs> no, they don't missing one hundred and twenty five days of one hundred and eighty five day school year. Like houseway, how y'all miss all these days? They
2: don't know how to skip. No,
0: I would see. I knew about networking early on. Like I knew whose class I could skip. I left. I'm like, sis, I'm about to slide out and take an extra lunch. You like me to bring you something back? <laughs> right, yeah. She'd be like, mm-hmm. Two you gotta apple make
2: pies. You gotta make a you, 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 <laughs> you have to, have I to you know what you're trying to say. Yes. You gotta
0: you gotta do what you, you gotta, gotta do. You gotta have some leverage. You do. With your teachers.
2: I and used so, to have a teacher who I used to skip with and one teacher always knew if I skipped, I was in this other teacher's class and the other teacher would write me a note and it just always worked out.
0: I did that. It for always the band worked band out. Band. What, what
1: instrument band? did you play in the band? I played the
0: trombone. Did mm-hmm. you play in high school and college? Like, 10th through 12th grade, um, and then I played all four years in college. The
2: Sound Machine? Yeah. My sister used to go to Central, and I remember the Sound Machine. Like I was like, this is the best band ever.
0: Because we were. Y'all was, y'all was Until so, you
2: heard. Y'all was so big. The Blue and
1: Gold Marching Machine. But.
2: Can we get more applause right there? No, we're not. we cannot. Because <laughs> I didn't think that about the Blue and Gold Marching Machine. They used to spell out NCCU on the field. And then at their homecoming, eagles would come flying out. I was just like, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Oh my God, those are eagles. And I didn't realize like after year two that it was planned. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that's an eagle. Oh my God, that's an eagle. That's an eagle, Ma, that's an eagle. She'd be like, they did that last year. It was
0: such an authentic now, sound like, though. That bird oh, oh. these to scare the crap out of us. Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, no, I'll never forget. Do they still do that
0: for homecomings? I think so.
2: That was epic.
0: Well, let me tell you, homecoming, land beat, everywhere. So, I don't know what's going on. I ain't seen the game. I don't know the score. I would be out here in these streets. You was just there. I, I, I'm there. I'm here. I don't even know why I buy a ticket at this point, but.
2: So, Josh, what about you? What's the um, worst thing you ever said to a teacher?
1: Um, That time, since you were so good. <laughs> um, Again, I was sneaky with mom, but I did yell bald head bell at me one time. <laughs> <laughs> in seventh grade. What?
2: I need some context. So her
1: last name was Bellamy and um, she Was she bald or did she just have like a shortcut? She had a bald cut? spot. No she was <coughs> bald. She was balding.
2: She it piece? was like
1: crowning. Right oh on. no. Yeah. So um, one time she turned around and I said it and she didn't know she knew exact kind of the area it came from the You said end. it to her? Because <laughs> <laughs> she um, Oh this yeah, is bad. This is bad.
2: This is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Because it was it was me and a group of friends in there um, in the, in the class me and my best friend Antonio and uh, Adrian Sharice Christian it was all of us we don't and, know none of them actually, I mean, well actually
2: I know Antonio oh yeah yeah that's right shout out Antonio this world always
1: getting smaller. it does <laughs> smaller smaller <laughs> See?
2: so um,
1: yeah and we got the whole class got in trouble but in my defense the whole class was saying stuff. Antonio but, told on you. <laughs> no, he did <laughs> No, because he did worse things. His mama actually came up and cussed her out. Miss Bellamy? Oh, poor Bellamy. And then, and then my mama, Jenny had to come up to the school. It was bad. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Teacher, no like,
2: so. I love your mama. She didn't give Ms. her
1: Bellamy a rose. Miss Bellamy gave me my first seed that I ever made in school, in seventh grade. Your mama didn't give her a rose? <laughs> no, she, this is before
2: she was the Rosa Gospel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This <his> mom, to, <laughs> every you know. time you text her to denote that the text message is over, she gives you a rose emoji <laughs> to let you know like I'm done with the conversation. Or, so or
1: when she sends me her uh, shopping list, her bullet points, her bullet roses. Points roses. I love it. <laughs>
2: And I I, was—I always know when I get the rose. I'm like, okay, have a good day. The rose—that's the end. That's the last. Oh, that's it. That is so good. But at least she lets you know that it's over. Poor Miss Bellamy. Yeah. So that was the worst thing I'd say. Would you like to apologize to her? Uh, no, because
1: she (gasps) gave me—she gave me a C before it was the last quarter, and she moved—she moved moved away, so we couldn't. Changed. Yeah, and I know I didn't get a C.
2: Sorry, right, Miss Bellamy. If you're listening, shout out to you. Shout out to you, but no apologies to you.
0: I'm just playing.
1: You know what? I'm in a system. Sorry, <laughs>
0: sorry to this woman. I apologize, Miss Bellamy. That was
2: me. You probably didn't think That's it my was my favorite me.
0: thing right now. Sorry, sorry to
2: this, to this woman. man. Sorry, home, oh, Miss Bellamy. And I hope that your boss spot wasn't a sore spot for you. (laughs) See?
0: Because
2: that really hit you where it hurts. That's so sad. The only reason I brought this up is because I wanted to tell my story. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Remember when we were talking about life and death lies in the power of the tongue? So I learned very early that death lies in the power of my tongue. Um, You killed your teacher? No. God, no. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I had this one teacher in sixth grade. I don't want to say her name. And the crazy thing is when... She doesn't know all the backstory of what happened. So she saw me maybe two years ago or a year or so ago. And she was telling everybody at the school that she taught me that I went there. She was like, Melvin, this is Melvin from Central Office. I taught him in sixth grade. I taught him in sixth grade. Like, he was such a good student. And I was just thinking, like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It hurt me so bad. She pissed me off one day. Um, She was my math teacher in sixth grade. And I wasn't. I wasn't bad. I was just, I had a sharp tongue, and I knew how to use it <laughs> and when to use it. And so she comes up to me. Um, she says something that really bothered me. I don't even remember what she said. All I remember is going back to my table. That's back when we used to sit in groups at the mm-hmm. table. And I remember going back to my table and saying, that's why I hope your horses die. Mm-hmm. Now, she was an equestrian, and she had quite a few horses. And she loved her horses. Like, they were her... She had pictures of her horses and everything. And I was like, that's... You know, then I was like, I hope one of her horses died. And I just said it for the laugh. We all just laughed, whatever. Nobody thought anything else about it. I didn't think anything else of it. I just, you know, it was what it was. We get to school Monday and Miss doesn't come. This happened on a Friday. Uh-uh. Monday, Ms. doesn't come. Oh, I said her name. <laughs> um, Monday, we get to school and Miss doesn't come. We have a sub. We have a sub for like a week and a half. And so, like, the next Wednesday... Miss doesn't look well when she comes. Something was really off with her, right? And so she gets a mixed announcement in front of the class and she's like, Guys, I'm really sorry that I've been out, you know, but some of you may or may not know, um, but my horses um, are really special to me, and one of my horses just just died over the weekend (laughs) and the uh, last weekend and the other one she's like one she had three horses and she's like and one of them fell seriously ill and we don't know if he's gonna make it little man had power didn't everybody in the classroom looked at me and i could not handle myself in that moment i started panicking i started breathing heavy like i felt so bad and i was like i didn't i didn't mean to and so then i went up to her afterwards and i was like um I'm really sorry about your horses. I know they were very special to you. And she was like, you know what? That means so much, Melvin. I really appreciate (laughs) you for that. And one girl, she was like, that ain't what you said. Friday, Friday you was wishing her horses was dead. And I was trying to like walk off before her her say that. And yeah, and everybody was just like, Melvin. And so then I realized like life and death really is the power of the tongue because I killed two horses with one stroke of the tongue. (laughs) That's tough. And I didn't mean to. But at least I repented.
0: Melvin I killed a lady horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, friends, this is
2: Melvin charles Akins, and I hope that you are enjoying today's episode of Wildfire. All of the music that you hear, all of the instrumental music was produced by A.J. Simmons. You can follow him on Instagram at underscore A.J. Simmons. That's spelled A-J-A-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. This has been really good, and Lynn, I'm so excited and glad that you came on here and gave us all this wisdom. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have one more question for you, or what suggestion would you make to an individual who is, um, who has multiple ideas, who has all of these different dreams? Um, How do you suggest that they start? What's the first step? What do you, how how would you encourage that person who's maybe overwhelmed by all of the dreams that they have and just don't know where to start?
0: Plan. Plan consolidate, pray, and just do it. So um, whatever ideas you have, put that pen to that paper and write them all down. Um, I know when Chosen, the idea for Chosen for me really started back in 2012. At that time, I just wanted a scholarship program. I didn't know what it was gonna look like. I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I knew I wanted a scholarship program. And so, as the years went on, I continued to go back to that idea. I didn't know what title I wanted to give it, but I kept having more ideas about things I wanted to do. And so, I'm like, I want to do a scholarship pageant, I want to do a camp, I want to do this. And it's like, how do all of these things work together? But the thing is, they're all serving students and still serving the same demographic of students. So, instead of making... 3,000 different nonprofits, I basically consolidated all of my ideas under one umbrella. That way I can do everything and not feel like I'm being slighted and just properly plan when to launch those things. Um, And some of your ideas may not be something that can be consolidated, but whatever you can couple or group together, I think will alleviate a lot of stress and pressure and feeling like you got to have five LLCs like you don't like you can operate under an umbrella and just have all of your businesses like like Lazar Enterprises is essentially my umbrella for any business venture that I plan to do from here on out. So, I got one thing and I can just continue to stack underneath and pay myself and hopefully one day employ under p- other people under that one umbrella.
1: So, you just have one EIN.
0: For Lazar Enterprises. So so I have one for Chosen and then one for um, Lazar Enterprises because Chosen is nonprofit and then Uh Lazar Enterprises is for profit. So I have two separate ones, but I don't intend on having twenty thousand. I don't have to do that. Like if I want to be a consultant and then I want to also like do an e-course. I don't have to start another business to do that. I can just right. launch that right under my business and just keep on going. So try to consolidate what you can. Um definitely pray about everything that you do. Like not every great idea is a great idea for you. And mm. sometimes you have to understand that even though you might have this idea, it may not really fit within your life plan or it might not be for you to do now. It could be something that you might find yourself doing years from now, but always write it down and keep up with your notebooks. Like don't just write them in places and throw them. You know, like yeah. I have, I have a thing for like really pretty stationery and like I'm like a happy planner, Um, freak. It's kind of bad. I <laughs> I had to scale back. I was dropping fifty dollars on stationery every This is bad, but I know. Oh gosh. Right. I had taught myself that you
2: that piece of paper you gave me last week is real flat. It it's nice. real sturdy. It <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is card stock. This is good paper. paper. paper out of a notebook. You know, I was really impressed. Thank you. I was. But
0: see the thing is, I'm not gonna throw a notebook that has twenty dollars worth of paper in it anywhere. That thing going with me everywhere. So I invest in something that I'm going to keep up with, something I'm gonna take pride in. That way I'm never gonna lose it because It'll always it because I know what I invested into it. um, but always pray about it, like seek God, kind of see like what his plan is. and honestly, I'm guilty of many times just throwing my net out there and not even talking to him about it until after the net's already out there. And more often than not, I ain't caught my fish either, you know, <laughs> so like <laughs> we have to I'm stuck on the chosen. <laughs> but so often I think we have to remember to. Not just include God in our plans, but to actually consult with him like it is a marriage before we jump out and make decisions without him. Like we have I mean, we want to partner with God in every area of our lives, whether it be secular or spiritual. I think it's important. The last thing is just to do it. Like I think we get in our own way sometimes like you're scared to do it. And I say this all the time because it just is what it is. The market is oversaturated with everything. There are 70, like if 79 people launch a podcast this week, it's okay for you to be number 80 and to not feel Mm -hmm. like you can't do it because it doesn't seem like it's an original idea. What you have to offer through your podcast or through your dream or your YouTube channel is not what other people have to offer even if it's the same subject you are a different person therefore the content is automatically going to be unique to who you are and you're going to attract people who are interested or who um connect with you like just do it like i think we we make excuses out of fear out of failure yeah. out of comparison i think we compare ourselves out of our own dreams sometimes like just do it like don't don't even, I'm not going to say don't think about it, but don't find a reason to pick apart the plan. do
1: self-sabotage.
0: Yes. Oh, I just had a conversation with my best friend about that earlier today. We still sabotage a lot of things in our lives and could be a lot further along had we had the confidence to accept okay. that we're worthy of whatever great things are coming into our lives. Right. Wow. Like, yes. I, I can't stand that. And the thing is, like, you grow over time. And to know that if you launch something, it is going to grow with you. Do mm. not expect to have to out to pour out a pop, a pristine, polished, finished product when we are always ever striving to become a polished product. Like it's okay. Like when I first launched Chosen, I am have to give you a hand, a <laughs> hand, hand clap of praise on that one. Like when I first launched Chosen, I knew what I wanted it to be in my head. And then God took my little and he did some things with it that I was not expecting. And it was amazing. And now that i like we're moving into our fourth year of operation and I'm doing an entire like reconstruction of um of our um of our organization because i think that it's time i think that what we thought when we first started we'd be able to do and now that time has progressed we know what works and what doesn't work and so now we can do something different like the very first year we did two summer camps jesus first of all it was super expensive we didn't have the money i was charging stuff on my credit card like it was a lot i did it in two different cities i don't live in winston But I'm driving 45 minutes every day back and forth trying to make sure I provide a service for these kids. Like, it was super overwhelming. I was still tired from the first camp. When the second camp started, it's like, you much you would better serve these kids being at 100% than trying to disperse yourself, and you 40% for these kids and 60% for these kids. Uh, That's not fair. So, like, I had to learn, like, okay, we're going to do one camp in one location. It's got to be convenient for me because... I mean, even though I have help, I'm I'm the head, so I got to be able to get there on time. I have to be able to make sure breakfast is served when the girls get there. I got to make sure that I'm able to set up all the computers and make sure everything is where it's supposed to be and they have supplies and like, that's my responsibility. And if it doesn't go right, it's because I either didn't do what I was supposed to do or I overextended myself. Right. So like. We have to learn how to operate in that space of not knowing how it's gonna go. Just do it, and as you do it, you'll figure it out along the way. Like nobody presents a polished product in the beginning. You know, like That's true. we love Oprah, but Oprah started off a little rough when she first started, yeah. and now she is the queen of our hearts. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so it's like you you gotta you gotta be okay with yeah. with your yeah. own growth. Oprah
2: has developed. And her brand has developed. She, I, Yeah, that's a great example. Um, yeah, that's. A, I never thought of it like that. But Oprah really has developed over time.
0: To the fact that Sis is so chill right now. Like, she the definition of retire and go forth. Like, <laughs> Sis, be, I watched her today. She was in her kitchen with her wine. Her <laughs> kind of pasta, hair all over the place, glasses looking crazy. Oprah don't care about these people Uh -uh. because she got nothing to prove to nobody at this point. But the thing is, she's at that place now because she did the grind work earlier on in her career to be able to establish the lifestyle that she has. You know, like we have to be okay with the process. And that's the problem. A lot of us don't like process.
2: Mm. I I always think about that gold cast video where it's an interview with Oprah and she's sitting down with some man and he's saying, what if this doesn't work? And it's right before she started her show. She's like, oh. "Oh,
0: It's it's going to do. It'll do well. And if it doesn't. And if it doesn't, I will still do well. She said, I will
2: still do well. I will still do well. She said it with so much conviction. We we (laughs) love you. We love you, auntie. Okay.
0: (laughs) It was amazing. The (laughs)
1: conviction in her voice when she said that. Um, you know, what if you don't succeed? I will still do well. She was so steadfast and unmoved. I her think mood. she knew
2: what she had in her, though. Mm-hmm. And she knew that if given the right opportunity, what's in her was going to speak for itself. And she was I think because she was so determined, that's the reason why she did so well. Because she knew what she had. She knew what her strengths were. She knew what her weaknesses were. I never think I saw Oprah striving to be somebody else, even when... The Talk shows kind of went out of style, yeah. and like the Jerry springer started coming up. She didn't change her method. And singers and having a live band, Ricky and all that stuff. Ricky Lay, yes, Ricky Jenny. Lay. Jenny, Jones. <laughs> Jenny Jones, Jenny Jones, Jenny Jones. She was cool. Sally. Sally, I remember Sally Hansen. What yes, was
1: that no. no, Sally Jesse Raphael. J- that's it.
0: Jesus. Red glass. I don't remember that. Never mind. Sally Hansen is the milk
1: Go there this segment, but I was gonna ask, how do you build your confidence as a creator? And you've spoken to it. It's
0: I just feel that as you do, you grow in confidence. Like you just gotta take the leap. Like take that first step out there and ooh, just had a thought. I don't know if anybody has seen that movie onward or not. But in onward. onward, it's on Disney Plus. Okay. So good. I ain't gonna get a whole box. Well it lot minister to our spirit. Oh, it'll minister. So basically in onward, like it's these two brothers. Their dad passed when they were like very, very young. And so they have an opportunity to basically like reincarnate their dad, um, for lack of a better term. So they go on this whole journey all day of trying to um Find this stone that's going to allow them to cast this spell. I know, but cast this spell to bring their dad back to life for 24 hours. And there's this one moment during the movie where they need to get across this bridge, but the, the, I don't know what you call it, but the thing that you let the bridge down with Mm -hmm. was on the other side of this, like, enclave, and they couldn't get to it because there was no other way except to go across the bridge. So... The brother just starts, the The other brother is like, you know, just start walking. And so, he starts walking literally across the air. And as he walks, it's like, not pebbles, but kind of like, his feet don't fall. Like, as he just walks, he puts one foot in front of the other. And as he's crossing over this, like, ca- literally, like, ca- long cave. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay? <the> <laughs> this long cave. You know, he doesn't, he hasn't looking to the right, not looking to the left. The whole time he thinks that this, his brother has a rope around his around his waist. And the brother dropped the rope. But the brother didn't tell him because he needed to keep walking. Because the minute he looked down, he was going to fall. And as he just placed one foot in front of the other, he made it to the other side. And when he did, it freaked himself out when he realized that his brother was not holding on to him with the rope. But that's what we have to do. We have to stop thinking that somebody has to hold us or has to have a rope around us for us to do what we want to do. Ah,
1: uh, see that you rope, to, Yeah, that rope needs to be our faith. We need to yes. think that our our faith cannot fail us in yes. that moment. When in that moment of do, come on, we just need to do it. Yeah. Yes, and just
2: yeah. like the tenacity that it took for Peter to even ask Lord if that's you bid me to walk on the water. Like, Listen. what even makes somebody think?
0: Like I'm, I'm enough trying that, to walk enough. It's
2: enough that he's on the water. Yeah. That, that, that he's walking on the water and a full human is making water solid underneath his feet. Yes. And then for Peter to say, "Bid me to come," like let me do it too, and to actually do it.
0: What do you say to that?
2: I'm speechless. You just got to do it. You
0: just got to do it. And the thing is, the minute that Peter took his eyes off of his goal or took his eyes off of Jesus, he started sinking. And that's the thing when we take our eyes off of our own goals our own lane our own area of creativity and we start looking around we start sinking like do not feel the pressure of having to become like everybody else in your market or in your vein like the coolest thing about being a creative is that you have an opportunity to essentially mold nothing into something yeah. and we, we have to that. we have to be comfortable like you gotta I mean you're like I always say I'm gonna do it with my knees shaking like I'm petrified like because I'm not, like I know that I have meaningful conversations with my friends I know I have meaningful conversations with my students I know people have told me over the years oh my god like I just get so much when I talk to you but the idea of me like speaking in front of people that I don't know and them being able to receive me was petrifying. Like, I don't know how y'all going to take me. I don't know if this is going to be a waste of my time or, as I love to steal from you, a colossal waste of my time. (laughs) Or if this is going to be something that's really going to bring about impact. Like, sometimes I think we get comfortable with our folk because it's like, they support me because they love me but not really because I'm that good. And the thing is... You are that good. That's another offer. You know, like, you are that good. Yeah. And, and and just be, be okay with being in the space of not knowing and not knowing how it's going to go. And I think when I first started, like, when I first started Chosen, I didn't know. I knew I had a list of 25 girls. I only knew one of them. Wow. I didn't know where they were coming from. I didn't know who was going to show up the first day at camp. I remember driving up there and being like, Lord, please don't let me have wasted all this money on this food and these people aren't going to come. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. And when I pulled up, it was at least seven of them who beat me there. And I'm like, oh, good morning. (laughs) Trying to figure out how to get in the building, you know. And they kept coming. And then they came back the next day. And I always laugh with them. I'm like, I don't know where y'all came from, but I'm glad y'all here. (laughs) You know, like, that... If I had to talked myself out of doing it, I don't know where I would be right now. Now mm-hmm. I'm confident. I, don't, I can't really explain it. I just think confidence grows as you do. You're not going to be confident when you start. You're going to question yourself when you start. You're going to overanalyze yourself and pick yourself apart when you first start. But you have to talk sense into yourself and not mm-hmm. allow yourself to go off on this long journey somewhere that is not the truth of who you are.
2: I really, really remembered when we were planning your album release concert. My album release concert was absolutely
1: a step of faith for me. Mm-hmm. It was my first time. And what was so funny is I didn't have any
2: music out. You didn't even have a job when you started.
1: <laughs> I didn't even have a job. Because I was like,
2: how, how are you going to do this? You right. don't have it no was, income. Yeah. I just remember like being impressed with your faith. And then I remember we had that moment where we were doing like the church and you told them, I think the church held 500 people and we only had 300 chairs down or 200.
1: Right. It was only when we got there. And it was, we had to end up putting out 150.
2: Additional. Because they didn't put out, yeah, they didn't put out enough. And we did not expect that at all. Like, but faith. Yeah. I mean, I learned a huge lesson that night. And it was crazy. It was people I didn't even know. Like, so many people I didn't even know. Were Those like,
0: the ones that want to support. You. you
2: don't know who you're... I learned this from you. You don't know who you're reaching and you don't know who your nation is. Yeah. Like, that's why we have to be committed to doing the work and being committed to creating because we don't know who is looking at us. We, we all have a nation assigned us, but we don't get to choose or decide who that nation is. And when your nation shows up, like, your nation showed up at that school. Your nation showed up at the concert. And I just pray my nation shows up. They don't they show, show I don't, know, up. Where they they show show I don't know where y'all at now, but I love y'all. I thank y'all. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> y'all and, and for showing up.
1: And honestly, you should be more confident because, I mean, you've seen him work through your, your circles.
2: So right. You know yeah. he's going to work for you. It, it, really, it, just, it really encourages me. Like,
0: you have to just do it. As you do it you build confidence, and over time, you'll be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all. I hope that you're really enjoying this episode of Wildfire. If you want to follow me on social media, please make sure that you follow me at Becoming31status. That's my personal page for D. You can also follow me at Millennial Things Podcast. That's M I L L Y N N I A L, Things Podcast. And you can also follow me at The Dream Coach CPC. Be sure to follow both of my podcasts on Apple Music. Hey, friends.
1: I hope that you're enjoying this episode of Wildfire with our fire featured, Lynn D. We want you to tune into this last segment of this episode. It's called The Furnace Moment. We want you to be encouraged and to accept this charge to be better.
0: I don't subscribe to what I call false humility. I hate when I hear, like, singers do a really, really great job on a project or during praise and worship or whatever. And then people are like, oh, my God, you are amazing. And they're like, oh, no, that was God or Oh, no, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Just say thank
2: you and move on. And you, that doesn't give God credit. It doesn't. it doesn't. give God glory through you when you do that, when we don't know how to accept compliments. And there's a way that we can accept it and then give the glory back to him. But we, yes. we don't do that when we make it, when we diminish it. Yep. Like, we have to fully accept what it is. And I'm guilty of that a lot of times. But I do it out of awkwardness because I always feel awkward because I am an over-analytical person. Very few times, it's it, a lot of times when people feel like I've done well, I don't, mm-hmm. and I think that that's my insecurity speaking. Mm-hmm. Um So when people say, "Oh, you did a great job," I'm like, "No, it wasn't that good." And I had to I'm learn. Of it. I had to learn to mm-hmm. to let God get the credit and let Him get the glory because when I do that, every time I do that, my insecurity gets gets another trophy, and pride gets another trophy. Yes, it does. And he, Misses out on the honor that that belongs to him, yes. the glory that belongs to him. Like if I, if I don't like the way I sound and somebody else likes it, for that reason alone, I give God glory because it's like I didn't even think that was good. I yeah. didn't even think that That's was worth listening to. Yeah. And you, he allowed it to be sweet in your ear when it was sour in mine. Right. So partner with God in the process, but we also have to partner with God when it when it, when we get to the point of compliments or when it's complete too. Yes. So constantly, absolutely, like you, like one of the things that we do at church, like we always ask God to sing through us, like Lord, please sing through me. And then when somebody comes to you and say, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful today. We diminish it by saying, oh no, it wasn't that good. And it's like, I asked God to sing through me. He sang through me to that person. And I'm telling that person that what you felt wasn't God.
0: And that and being comfortable in knowing that that one person was enough. Like that's the 99 for the one. Yeah. We got to stop getting caught up on numbers. Like numbers are great, but numbers are not everything. Like honestly, I believe in the kingdom, God prefers quality over quantity any day. (laughs) Like, it's so important. We have to stop doing that. Like, if he's, like, we all know what thoughts run through our minds. We know what mistakes and bad decisions we make in spite of knowing who we belong to. Like, we know what we do. We know know where we're wrong. But if God has already deemed you worthy, stop saying that you're not worthy. Like, it bothers me when I hear people call themselves as filthy rags. Like has he called you that? How are you how are you a child of the king and you are as filthy rags? No, you're not. You're redeemed.
2: Be redeemed. Well, the thing about that, that is I think we misinterpret that. Well we do. We mis we have we misquoted. Yeah. Um, because our righteousness, we are like filthy rags. But if we the moment we become saved. We receive the righteousness of Jesus. He puts us in right standing of God. So we are no longer standing in our righteousness. We are standing in his righteousness, which makes us pure, which makes us clean, which makes us worthy.
0: And even if we fall, the reason Jesus even exists is because we have an advocate with the Father. the Father. Like, let Absolutely. him be your advocate and stop trying to talk him out of loving you.
2: What you were saying.
0: What was it all for then? Yeah. Like I I loathe that. Like we have to <laughs> stop doing that. I like I heard this word in my life. <laughs> I loathe it. I do. <laughs> like and I think a lot of that is probably the counselor in me too. Like, I am so big on like self-affirmation and um and being being inwardly whole, I think all of us all have holes in our lives that need to be filled, voids that need to be filled, uh trauma that hasn't been dealt with. Like yeah. we all have our things, but when it's all said and done, like we have to believe before we'll ever accomplish a thing of worth or value, we have to believe that we are first worthy of whatever God has already spoken into our ear to do.
2: Hey friends, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Wildfire and was blessed by it. I know that sometimes when you get a lot of information, it is really hard to figure out how to make that information practical. Look, here's one tool that you can put what we talked about today into practice. How about sitting down, spending some time with the Lord and making a list of all the visions that he's giving you and all of the things that you've started and maybe didn't finish or maybe things that he put in your heart that you were too afraid to do. Write them down, include them in your prayer time start praying over them make a make a a map of first steps that you can take ask holy spirit to breathe on your creativity and who knows maybe he will give you the grace to complete the assignment that you left behind that's a good place to start if you're feeling overwhelmed until next time we hope that you have a wonderful week and we'll see you here next week on wildfire